0: Zeniel Odyssey Podcast, where hosts Remy and Bobby Rocks explore life for people born in the late seventies and early nineteen eighties. Each week they embark on expeditions exploring their analog childhoods or interview guests about navigating adulthood in a digital world. Join them on another adventure to discover what it means to be a Zenial. One of the things I loved is they did not keep the Halloween. Theme. Theme, no. Which is great. And I don't care what people say. When I hear Silver Shamrock. That's almost more memorable than the Halloween theme.
1: (laughs) Halloween, 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 Silver Shamrock.
0: Oh, yeah. The Tomorrow Day Still Halloween, Halloween. Halloween." Yes, with the the fucked up face that's like going like this. Yeah. Silver Shamrock. Especially with the payoff.
1: Melting kids' faces
0: is Melting awesome. Melting kids' faces with fucking insects that are trying to kill people? Absolutely. Beautiful. All right, I guess we can get started now. Welcome back, Rem. It's been so fucking long. Yeah, we've been, we've been gone for a little bit here, man. How are you doing, Bob? I'm all right. So what Rem and I talked about on the way here is basically that we're doing a reentry show, kind of catching people up on what the fuck we've been up, up to. Yeah? Yeah. So what have you been up to? um you know anybody who's followed the
1: podcast especially week to week knows that every time bob's like how you doing man i'm like sinking into a pit of a blackened abyss and my soul is being compromised a little more every day something like that um i've just been in a tough transition period for a while so yeah it was fucking me up but i um i got a job as a bud tender because i needed to step out and i'm not gonna say where i'm gonna you know keep myself pretty under the radar for now. If you were to look at my person, there's a hint as to where but it doesn't matter necessarily. Um but yeah, I need I needed to just I've been writing for a decade now and I fell out of love with it. You fell out of love with it.
0: Yeah. Can can you expand upon that if you don't mind for me? Oh, no,
1: definitely. Um when I started writing professionally, let's say 2013 maybe, you could write you remember my articles, man. They were very personable and personality and insight. And you could do that stuff. You could have opinions. Um, and writing just slowly changed. It's just like you've watched your favorite industries get bastardized. You know? Movies now, if they're not Marvel movies that cost $500 million to make, nobody wants to see them. Like, we're in a, a sort of a changing time, I think, for a lot of that stuff. Um, But... The wrong people were the people who started sites. There were people who looked in from the outside and at that time period and saw a lot of websites go from zero to 100, mine included, and there are a lot of people that are like, "Oh, that's an industry where we can make money if we do it the right way, which is the wrong way, which is corporate style. You know So these new websites hire 70 writers to just churn out. And when I say churn out," I mean they want. The articles to all sound the same. They don't want there to be an
0: opinion. They don't want there to be any personality and just deliver the news to people. Do you remember and I don't give a fuck if we get flack for this. I really don't. Do you remember one? Of, this is when you had your website. This is when you were writing for other websites. Yeah. You and I had a conversation. This is when we still did Where You Been. Yep. And one of the conversations you had with Pat and I was that you were told you could not write about Nicki Minaj because you would be sued by one of her 50 seven. 50 Cent. Fifty cent. It was fifty. It Good was fifty memory. cent. Yeah, but you were told you would be sued by their team and lose. Yeah, they, and that's how they keep. That's how they keep their, their narrative going. But that was the start of that, and that Jesus. was when I, I'm not going to name the website.
1: I was a music reviewer. Um, that job was fucking awesome. You know, I'd wake up and there'd be seven or eight brand new songs no one's heard in my inbox, and it would be like write reviews for these. And generally, I could because I had an. <laughs> One of my favorite writing stories happened at that website, and it was, there was a woman who came out, Curly, I believe, K-E-R-L-I, I I might be wrong, okay? She is um, an Estonian pop goddess, but I didn't know this at the time. Nobody comes out of Estonia, and nobody remarkable does, no offense, Estonia, you already hate me, so you're not going to hate me worse. So this woman makes this, like, hyper weird pop techno dance take, um... Ecstasy music? Yeah. And I'd gotten uh gotten a review piece and I called it what it was. I'm like, this woman is, I'll never forget this line. This woman is Tinkerbell on too much LSD, is what I said. And I just talked about how that kind of pop music in that review was interchangeable. I said, you can replace her with 50 other female singers or male singers, and that kind of music just sounds produced by a fucking factory. It does. And so after that, and I will get back to 50 Cent, but after that, I remember I put that review out, and I got, I've never gotten hate mail like that. And I've written more opinionated pieces. I got letters, emails for five weeks from Estonians who were like, the stuff these people wrote to me, you wouldn't believe. Like, it wasn't like that was a bad review. It was like, I'm going to rape your mother in front of you and then fucking make you eat her guts. Like it was
0: the holy shittiest, shittiest stuff people could say. My reaction right there wasn't guttural. It was just like, have you ever seen where we worked before? Yeah, we. Yeah, you're that, not gonna, gonna that shock exact me. Exact same thing at our job.
1: You're not gonna shock me. That yeah. well, that's
0: the thing they didn't understand. But it it was nuts because I had attacked without realizing, and it wasn't attack. It was a fucking review. This is gonna sound terrible, but in hindsight. In hindsight, my knee-jerk reaction would be like, well, you know, when our country or Russia or one of the powers bombs you, I'm going to send you thoughts and prayers.
1: Yeah, yeah that's all. <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? So yeah. it's, it's it's relative. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was so, interesting. Sorry, Stonies. Sorry. But, yeah, no, my point would be is that I could write anything. And they were always like, yeah, write just how you feel about this. Like, we like your fucking style of being snarky. Um, And I'm the first person to, at the other extreme, I remember that job is where I fell in love with Kid Cudi's music because I got one of his songs to review and I was like this is something interesting so I was introduced and I remember one of Nas's first two songs I got and I wasn't familiar with him and I was like this guy is gonna be iconic I think that this dude has something but anyway so we were never given a, a list of don'ts and then I remember it was one day and I was getting a 50 and I wasn't okay was 50 Cent super iconic when he first came out and in the club? That song was huge. Do I like
0: it? No. I mean, if you're asking my honest opinion, was he ever iconic? No. But that no. first song, people, everyone he that was, year was he like. He was found by Eminem, who was iconic at the time. Yeah, it just blew him up. And was also associated with Dr. Dre, who is forever iconic. So his name was he attached won by to default. two iconic people. But again, people love that. It's your birthday. And, uh, who, and who produced that first album?
1: Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. Dre. Yeah, Dr. yeah, yeah Dr. Dre. of course. So, um, but I remember I got, I got a 50 cent record and it was the only time I got an email and they were like, listen, um, he's at a point at that point in his career, he's successfully suing people, giving him bad reviews, saying those reviews are equal to defamation of character for what he does. And they just said, if you don't want to review it, don't review it, but you can't do what you do in your
0: articles in in that piece. And is the assumption there that because most people don't have the financial backing to take that all the way. Because we've talked about things like this on the air before, Rem. I mean, that's First Amendment protected stuff. 10,000% it's that. 10, but it's just the fact percent. that somebody can basically kill the death of a thousand paper cuts.
1: And they, yeah, no, and they even said, they said, listen, he has a team of lawyers that just
0: do this. No wonder he's broke now.
1: <laughs> but it, but it's funny, right? And then you wonder why when that first album came out, everyone was like, "It's great, it's great, it's great," because the few people who said it wasn't for some reason disappeared. Yeah, no, and and so that that's the thing. It's like that became more normal. That became more the regular of oh, well, we don't do the, don't do the, if you're gonna do a review, don't then. The, and it's like no, that's not how the art. That's not how this fucking art works. This art works with you sitting down and allowing your thoughts to
0: breathe and. Give them space to grow. If you think about it, you're, you're at the bookend of, the like the bastard children of beatniks, of yeah. beatnik writers. And really, what I'm getting at is, you are one of the forebearers of Hunter S. Thompson.
1: That's and that's you knew and Hunter how S. Wrote. Thompson
0: was the epitome of middle finger. Like fuck you, I'm right. I'm saying whatever the fuck I want. to say. Anti journalism. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And you knew, like, because you, you know me, you know the – so you, you saw the writing. You were there for that whole ride. You were there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's what it became, and it became, like I said, when you'd initially work for a site that, let's say, had eight writers. Yeah. And they were unique writers. Like, I wrote that way, that writer writes that way, that a, a smart editor will build a team like that. Every one of these
0: people has a different voice, I remember with like I could name the first website under Everybody everybody has a different strength in mm-hmm. everybody has a different um a different tone. Everybody has a different strength. Voice. Everybody has their own unique voice. And if you could have that team for long enough, the creme de la creme would be when they start to collaborate with one another. No, and that's it. And and, and that was the thing initially starting for my first four
1: sites, other writers hit me up and they were like, let's do columns together, let's collab. I've never said no to that. It's like, Mm -hmm. fuck yeah. You know, it's like a mini little Avengers team of writers. But you started seeing that less and less, and they wanted eight voices that sounded like the one voice of the website instead of eight unique. So, in other words, and it comes down to them being like, well, don't forget that your review or
0: thoughts are reflective. Because I'll tell you the situation flat out with you right now. Ultimately, they're reflective of you, and I get that, yes, they're reflective of who you work for too, but... To the person that's hiring these people, you should know first off. You should vet these people and know what you're getting to, and you should you take. So what I'm saying is that editor takes the risk when they hire people to yeah, write, and that's their job.
1: Yes, you know, and so I mean, I'll give you an example. There's a place. There's a place
0: I'm still writing
1: for, and I'm writing for them sporadically, but but enough that I'm still doing it. Yeah, and um, we had a writer last week put out a review of the new Marvels movie, the new um like all female. A uh, Marvel superhero movie. There's but, not just one Captain Marvel. There's now, like, four. Yeah, it is what it is. But the thing is, is, like, most websites and people who've reviewed it are like, it's just
0: one of these again. It is. That's all it is. It's one of these again. And that, and, if they, and if overall the review is pretty much saying that, what is so wrong with that? What is so, what is so negative about just saying it's an average Marvel movie, and we're over Marvel movies. No, that's exactly it. And it's, but, but the site I write for, someone reviewed it and was like, this is a fucking masterpiece that's going to save- Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's going to save Marvel. And I remember reading it and being like, Marvel doesn't need sa- saving from what? The <laughs> fuck do you need saving from Marvel? But it was,
1: it was weird.
0: It maybe was maybe like- yourself,
1: but I digress. Sorry, Rem. It, no don't be it was the one time i was like oh man because i i get that it represents you think for,
0: for once you're saying things that are just triggering
1: <laughs> like in the it's moment fun. it happens to me all yeah. the time run with it um but yeah then you are. you're like oh is
0: someone gonna pop over to the site and think i wrote that i know that sounds fucking egoist but
1: that's that is it but no yeah.
0: because in my career there's times where things go on and i don't want my name attached to something that's it man but you know Your name is attached to it. This is good. Yeah. And the bad that comes with it is also going to be attached to me. So, no, I don't want my name attached to that.
1: Yeah. And I just, I saw it. I mean, there's an example two months ago where I wrote a piece about somebody and one of my editors hit me up on Discord and was like, you know, that piece was a lot of opinion and it it was like off-putting. The guy in the piece had done something terrible. He should be (laughs) off-putting. Badass. (laughs) Yes. Um." there yeah the guy did something terrible and i was kind of like well, that's pretty fucking deplorable and um you know the editor was like well that's an opinion piece and i'm like but the guy did blank and blank and i just i was very taken aback that i was like being talked to about sharing a thought so since then i'm not and i'm not going to bullshit since then it's been like like i don't give a fuck if that's what you want is flat monotone that's fine I could install ChatGP tomorrow and have them write the rest of my articles for that site, and they wouldn't fucking know. Would I do that? No, I'm a writer. That's a fucking sin. But the point is, is I saw that happen, and I saw I used to work at websites with eight writers, and we talked to each other, and we'd fucking, we'd work together. Now you work for a site, like the site I'm writing for now, has, has 40 writers on Discord. You don't know any of them. There's no chance for you to get to know them, and none of them have a voice that's specific to them. So you become a part of a factory.
0: So what it sounds like you're saying is actually something that is topical to something that I brought up to you on the way up here. And that was um, related to the sports talk radio thing that I talked to you about. And and you rightfully so brought up that a lot of people on on radio in general, on-air personalities, are shook. And they poke fun at podcasters because they're threatened by podcasters. Because they know that there's a point to the future and eventually they'll either have to become a podcaster or they're going to get past the side. yeah. Yes. And related to that is that what has happened in our lifetime is that radio, radio became corporatized. I'm making that word up. I don't give a fuck. Uh, it
1: but is you're what saying it is.
0: every good industry has gotten raped. And it's, uh, I learned this, I have a friend who went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. It's a renowned school in yeah, the region. It's
1: the big school if you want to be on radio.
0: Yeah. And he said that essentially when you hear, if you are anybody who hears that somebody called in and made a request, they get like forty five of those a fucking hour, and basically, if one of those people picks a song that's in the rotation that's already been created, they're the one who gets the request. And and I remember hearing that twenty years ago, going and and going, the fuck. So I'm like, so you're not even picking your own fucking catalog, you just uh, no no just they get it handed catalog? to them yeah. Ooh, and so. The biggest station in our area up until about 15 years ago was 104.1 WBCN. It was an, at one point an iconic radio station. It started as a pirate radio station. Yeah. It was the first station, by the way, I believe in the country, to play Eric Clapton's cocaine unedited. Nice. Like playing the words cocaine on the air. Back when that song came out, it was taboo. Yeah. And uh, his name was um, the, the all-time like, historic program director for them was Oedipus. Was uh, his that, that was just his nickname, Oedipus, I know. But no, he was phenomenal. like he, He's the one who brought in things. He's the one who got Howard Sterns on the, uh, syndicated on there. And long story short, what they did is they basically said, well, it's a dying format anyway. Let's milk this tit for everything we can. And the only way we can do that is by bringing in on-air personalities that just are going to captivate people and bring them in. And so around 2005, 2006... BCN did that. They brought in some guys from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Fred Toucher and Richard Leap, and they brought in some of their friends. One of them, I, I shit you not being like a 20-year-old first-generation American living in Dallas whose parents were straight from Mexico. Like, like, the point of him being on there was that he was an intern, but he was as awkward as fuck. And they brought in their alcoholic, like, train wreck of a friend named Crash Clark. And they created the show, The Toucher and Rich Show, which was incredible. Like, they literally send this fucking barely literate English kid named Adolfo Gonzalez out to the streets of Boston to interview homeless people and give them money and give them the most iconic, like, things you've ever heard. Yeah. But probably risking his life, by the way, because he's dealing with, like, mentally ill homeless people. Can I be completely and honest? Go. <laughs> I didn't say it in the car. I fucking
1: hate that shit. I hate that. And
0: that's fine. That's no, fine. No, no, that's fine. That,
1: like, Howard Stern throwing meat at bitches. Fucking with homeless people shit. It drives they, me nuts. And
0: by the way, they they didn't they never they actually owned up to the fact that they were the sons of Opie and Anthony. Yeah. Like they they were just basically an extension of Opie and Anthony just with their own their own thing on it. But anyway, I mean BCN only lasted another three, four years. Yeah. And then it turned into a sports talk radio show because at the time we had so many sports teams that were really good around here. And there was only one sports radio station in the region. So it was a competition. So they asked Toucher and Rich specifically to jump ship. And they didn't do the show exactly the same because now it was sports. They're, there's it's all talking instead of being broken up with music. Yeah. But um they also had to, you know, sanitize what they did because it was a different audience, different corporate people. Yeah. So, like, yeah, homeless basically paying 100 a hundred bucks a time to a homeless guy just so you can hear like 45 second bits. That doesn't play so well on a different corporate no, no. radio station. Yeah. Um, that guy crash clark as funny as he was they saw that as uh, we can spend our money better and so they do stuff like can that can i ask you something real quick sure what does this have to do with writing so what i'm getting at is the cor- <laughs> what ultimately what i was getting at is they corporatized they they they're, oh, yeah, they're, in they're in a, right? they're in they're in they're in a medium that is so oversaturated with how you have to be that the fact that they could kind of do what they had to do is refreshing yeah. it's 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 refreshing when everybody Else, and I don't know if you listen to 92.9. 92.9 is just basically all AI, and they just put on a guy every, every four hour segment just to talk every like 10 seconds. Yeah. Like that, that's basically what radio is. You could do We could do that. Fucking uh, online radio does that. Yeah. Like it's just. Well, I think,
1: you know, it's the line from The Dark Knight you either stay the hero or, or stick around long enough to become the bad guy. That's you 100% can- true. You know, you, you can say it. The, the you know, the Dollar Tree was the Dollar Tree. Now they sell. Now that they sell five dollars shit, like. And if so, yeah, and I th- I think that I can't say for every industry, but yeah, I think if and and it's also the idea of dying industries. I think a lot of people are slowly becoming aware that, admit it or not, if you're not, you have to be fucking stupid to not think that all these places that hire these writers are going to realize they can develop unique AIs with different voices that can write, wait, not better. Don't get me wrong. I've read shit next to mine. My shit's better. But this shit's a stack of information that they know how to just pour out. You don't have to pay a fucking AI. So I really
0: truly believe that writers are losing their jobs and it's going to be going extinct. I told you I used AI. I used AI to create our, our third or fourth whatever intro. To kind of create it, but what I did is I took what it said, and then I just put it into my own words. Yeah, because I was just kind of having a hard time putting it all together myself. Yeah, I mean, so I don't lie, I, I use that. I use the free one, and then it said, "Hey, you get five more." I was like, "I don't need them. Fuck you." Yeah, but that's
1: what I'm saying. They're not going to need writers, so I, I just, I had to leave industry. I've always been a big supporter of cannabis and that whole fucking lifestyle and that well, sort of... you
0: Well, you're in the loveliest region of the country yeah, for got,
1: that. Yeah, we have it legal, so every five minutes there's a new place popping up, and I just decided to involve myself. Not in just one. in our city. No, not in our city <laughs> at all. I'm not, and I'm not working, and, you know, I don't tell people shit because I don't want a weird fucking stalker to shoot me in the neck one day at work, but I don't even um, work in the town that I live in. No, I'm many, many, mm. many towns over because I wanted to specifically be in a place that was more a little more suburban and a little more chill. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it I'm shocked it happened. It's an industry that I never thought would exist. So, to be a part of it's awesome. And and it's exactly
0: like you think it would be if you were imagine it. Like you get a free medical card right away if you're in the industry. And and I, I did talk about this with Rem off the air in Massachusetts. That's a big um, to have a medicinal marijuana card is $250 a year yeah every year you have to pay 250 dollars and what they try to sell you on is that you're going to get it paid forward on the back end yeah because you're going to get cheaper product yeah you're not going to have to pay any of the taxes which is huge because the taxes are huge but that's still a pretty hefty upfront price yeah depending on on how off how much you would you ingest marijuana products
1: yeah a lot of people don't just like they don't see the need and i understand that but i get that which is cool and They'll come in every couple of days and be like, oh, we got a new supply of these and we need staff to kind of test them and give reviews up front. Because that way, if people come in and ask us, we can actually be like, yeah, I smoked it. It's good. It's this. It's that. So but it's it's like you think it is, man. You know, I work around potheads. Everybody's so fucking nice. Everybody who comes in is nice. The pace of it is um, pace of it's legit. It goes pretty quick, but it's not ever overwhelming. Yeah, it's my dream gig, I think. So I think that that's where I'm going to be spending the next ten years, and hopefully
0: climbing ladders and figuring out how to grow and make more money. So it's a nice and a nice sum, a way to I can summarize is that this is what you've been talking about for a long time now about your revenge story arc. Yeah, you're here. You're here. You're, you've hit. You've hit um, the ascending part of it. Yeah, because man. You've been waiting a long time for this part of it. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh, dude. I. I and I had lost faith in that journey many times. The last. Eight months were the hardest eight months I've had since I was like young and went through some shit. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing, man, is we survive it. We, we, they fuck us up. It gives us insomnia. We eat too much. We don't eat enough. There's, there's yeah. all these cycles in it. But I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked I got through the other end, man. And thank you so much. You've been a huge sports structure. You're very, your you're very welcome, Rem. You know, very shout welcome. out to all the people who are, who are supportive and just said, you got this motherfucker, you know. But I feel lucky, so I'm doing that, and I supposedly got approved for being, like, my mom's caregiver because I'm helping her right now because she's hurt. But that whole process, to go through that whole process has been a bitch. So I'm still going to be doing the writing, and I'm going to be doing the bud tending, and hopefully, like, just it, it took me too long. Hopefully, just get my shit together. Yeah. Slowly and surely. But so, now you at least get uh, get a foundation. Yeah, it's needed, and it's a great industry. I mean, this is this is also, like... You can go out to any state that has not medicinally after you've worked at a dispensary
0: and get jobs. Yeah. So, I mean, if I wanted to travel, but I like where I am and we'll figure out what happens. Well, it's good you bring that up because uh, something that I want to talk about as we reenter after not doing a show for a while. Yeah. Is, um, number one, Ohio took forefront last week because it was a voting week and there were yeah. some things on their docket. Well, wait, can I cut back a millisecond? Go for it. How are you doing? Like, catch, people, I want to catch people up on yeah, you as well. I'm I'm good because really what I, I just wanted to say was Ohio vote the people of Ohio voted to make uh, marijuana recreational legal.
1: Oh. Yeah, they so all, it's it's spreading. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they
0: they will be the 27th state in the United States that legalizes marijuana recreationally or or whatever. But yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Getting ready to go to Seattle. In a couple days. That's cool, man. Wife is uh, doing another bodybuilding competition. She did one last week in central Massachusetts. This time we're going to the other side of the country, to the Pacific North- Northwest. Yeah, we're g- you're going to the place that growing up in the 90s was one of the only places we thought about. It was about. a Mecca. It was considered a Mecca. And how often would we consider a Mecca a place that where it like rains like 300 out of 365 <sighs> days a year? Logging, cold, rainy. Yep. But... um. But some kick ass fucking music that came out
1: of there, Seattle, Washington, baby. Yes. Yeah, and it's like I remember when I did a holdover from my trip back from Hawaii. They put us down in Seattle, and I just literally left the airport because we had to lay down for a couple hours. Yeah, layover, and um, I went to like the nearest coffee shop and just because I just wanted to tell people I've had a coffee in Seattle.
0: That's yeah. fine. That's fine. Uh, one thing I kind of want to do is I want to check out the. It's a sports arena. It's uh it's like 65 years old and they just redid it. Oh wow. Because they just got a new professional sports team. Yeah. It was kind of the deal like quid pro quo. Like tech, you're, we're going to give you this team but you have to have an arena like this. I've looked up some of the tickets. I've looked up some of the stuff. You cannot uh, use cash in this arena. It's wow. all it's all Venmo, PayPal debit cards. If you bring cash, they have machines where you can convert it into like a debit card. That's weird. And you can do you can do it like that. I think that I actually think that's kind of fucking cool, to be honest. It's just paperless. Their goal is uh, um the goal of the people of Seattle when they created it was that it is right now it is I believe when it opened its doors, it was somewhere between 80 and 90% self-sufficient. Yeah. As an arena. Wow. And their goal is that it'll eventually be a hundred percent. Yeah, that's but cool. But the fact that it starts at like eighty to ninety percent renewal, yeah, is pretty that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That that's pretty cool. So that's one. Obviously, want to check out the pier.
1: Can you, you know? check out like the Kurt Cobain park or something? I mean, sort? I
0: will. Yeah. I will. I'll have we're out there for like three and a half, four days. So I'm gonna have plant time to myself. That's something that probably won't interest my wife or or her friend who's coming with us. Yeah. I'm just being honest. It's not gonna interest them, but it interests me. So that's something I would do. Um, like the obviously the space needle is stuff that interests everybody. Um and yeah, going to the pier and getting hit in the face with like a salmon, you know, as they throw me a salmon. I don't know. Like you better catch that fish. Yeah, just so they can say, Hey, here you go. And it's like (laughs) that's right. Yeah. So that's what's going on for me. Work. Work going fine. Good. Teams teams getting built up, so less travel around the entirety of the state, and more working in the region that I am assigned to. Which means that there are days where my drive is fifteen minutes as opposed to an hour. And well, that's great. Jeez. Yeah, that's where my office is. Yeah. Not that I've even I've been there for like a month and I've, I barely have used my office so. You got an office though. That's status, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the, it's you know all about the the little things, but that is really just uh, basically it. And I'm, um, you know, I'm just kind of winding down. Not my life. I'm winding down a part of my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well said. Well said. Uh, but that just means that I'd be transitioning into something else in my life. And really, what I mean is, as I, as I'm someone who is in my 40s, there are things that just don't they don't hit the same for me. Yeah. Like, when someone hits me up and they want to go to a bar, I look at that like, but there's people there. Yeah, and there's money to be spent. And, and it's expensive, and I have to pay to park. And on top of that, there's people there. yeah, 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 yeah. I can't emphasize that enough. It's not that I hate people. I just don't like them. <laughs> like, there's a difference.
1: I relate to that. There's a difference to that.
0: No, but it is. It's shoulder to shoulder. It's just... It's <sighs> the fact that I'm at an age where literally... So many casual conversations going on make it hard for me to focus yeah. on what I'm trying to fucking talk about. Like, and I know that may sound whatever to some people, but that, that is something that annoys me. No, like, I ha- want to be able to think about things. Like, yeah. so, so, if you're asking me to go to a bar, that better be like a private bar on your property. Like where yeah, a tiki bar in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you just reach
1: a point where, and I mean, that was one of the reasons. That I also started working was because I needed to socialize again. Mm-hmm. But that's me socializing in the right environment for me. Yeah. Like, I agree. Going out, like, the idea, even my friends are like, let's get a drink or something. I go, I'm just like, I feel like a transplant every time. I'm like, this isn't where I feel normal.
0: I, I'm, I've always felt this way. Yeah. But when I was younger, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, you just you, you put up I with would, it. I would, feel, I would feel uncomfortable, and then I would just drink that away. Yep. Obviously, that's not a really healthy way to do that. And in our age, that shit's dangerous. But now I, I sit there and I go, I don't want to drink it away. Yeah. Oh, I still feel this way. Well, I'm, have a good night, everyone. I'm out. Um, uh, I was just telling Ram, like, that last concert I went to, I was completely sober. No, no drugs, no alcohol, and I had a fucking great time. Yeah, it becomes a different experience. It was amazing. Yeah. It was an amazing experience. So these are the type of things that where my life is transitioning. I'm just doing different things, and I'm doing it while not being impaired by anything.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a, outside of weed, man. I used I was a, taking a lot of shit outside of weed. I don't do
0: anything. I guess the best way to put it, whether for me or talking for anyone else, is just um, embracing um, the lucidity of life. Yeah, and and
1: going with the flow a little less like against the stream. Sort of learning to go
0: limp. Yeah, and flow. Yeah, see, seeing where it takes me without me guiding it with a fucking chemical six pack of whatever, but. So that's really where what's going on with us, and yeah, we took we took a little time off. I had to adjust to getting up at six forty five a.m. again. Awesome, yeah. That's that is a well deserved thing, and that was a week where I was actually going to come on here by myself, but then ultimately I was like, eh,
1: "You're allowed some time to. off
0: too." I don't need to. I can just sit at home and do whatever the fuck I want to. So yeah. that's what I did. I sat at home and did whatever the fuck I wanted to. It's the best shit. Um. What? Uh, I believe this is episode 78 or 79. Wow. We got to go big for 100. Yeah, I'm working on stuff like that. I'm thinking live. Thinking we got to do a live episode. That'd be cool. Across multiple platforms. We have the Twitch. I've never used it. I can't upload. I have to, it's only something you can use live.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fine. really what
0: I figured out. So we could hook up the Twitch. We could hook up the YouTube. We could hook up Facebook and we could just kind of fucking do it. Yeah. So that would, that's my idea. Like it. And then maybe we can see just kind of what else we do uh, other than that. Works for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's just, again, this is just a quick hitter, just a quickie episode. And uh, just to let you all know, we're back. We're recharged. We had some stuff going on. We appreciate
1: you if you're paying attention. We appreciate you if you're new. We appreciate you if you're old. Thank you for
0: enjoying us. And if we don't appreciate you, I don't know what to say because I appreciate everybody. It's fine. That's <laughs> it. Mean, no, for real. It was a lie that I don't appreciate nothing. Okay, well, until the next time, which for us will be literally right now, take care, everybody.